Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Polly Hunter Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today I'm going to stray a little bit from the path that we have followed in the last little while and I'm going to actually talk about personal development rather than focus on careers and career development and things we need to learn for our jobs. I'm going to talk about my experiences of the last six weeks or so and delving into some personal development. Now, as you would expect, I have had many, many opportunities to develop my work skills, my business skills, my management skills. These are all opportunities that have been provided to me whilst I was working in the corporate environment and then when I was out with a business of my own, I looked for those opportunities to learn the things that I felt I needed to know to be competent at my job and to offer value to my client base. What I had never done in all of those years is more than perhaps one session, a training session that was about personal development. So not career or job focused, but looking at myself and how I think. And that's what I've done in the last six weeks. I've had the opportunity to be exposed to some seminars and some training and it is the first time that I have spent a considerable amount of time looking at my own personal development and how those skills can be translated into the work environment, into my career, into, into the services that I offer. The most effective seminar that I've been to in the last little while was two days, a total of 20 hours. So when I say two days of training, we often think two days of training is you know, eight hours, in the room and we'll have a break at lunchtime and there'll be morning tea, there'll be afternoon tea and they'll be fairly relaxed. You Certainly you focus on what you're getting done but it's a, a relaxed environment outside of the, the pressures of daily work. This was very different. This was 10 hour days. We certainly had a break for lunch for half an hour but that was the only break we had in that 10 hours. And I can tell you that I had no idea that the time had passed. I could see it out the windows and I could see that the day was progressing, but I really wasn't bored at any stage. I didn't feel that I had covered this ground previously at something else that I'd been to, and I was in a room with a couple hundred other people, all strangers bar one. The other person that was there that I knew, we made a pact that we wouldn't sit together, that this was our opportunity to develop ourselves and that certainly we'd meet lunchtime and we'd talk about the interactions that we'd had but that we would experience this particular seminar in isolation so that we could have longer discussions in the evenings at lunchtime at, at other times outside of the, the seminar. We really wanted to focus on the seminar and get the most out of it, which we did. It was very intense as I've said, it was very personal in that you really, to get the most out of it, you really had to look at yourself and you had to think about what you, think about your thinking, basically. You think about the the path that you travelled down and a lot of it was about thinking about how good you are and whether you're good enough and looking at whether that falls into a pattern that you can break. Because all of us do what is most comfortable, and whether that's complaining or making do with the way things are in, at work or at home or getting angry, we all have a certain 
path that we follow when we're thinking. It's, it's about our thinking. It's about our thinking process. And we're comfortable with that process because we know what our reaction is going to be. We know what we're going to do in all those situations. Whether or not it makes us happy is another thing altogether, but we are comfortable with that process. So what we looked at, one of the things we looked at was changing that state, changing the way you think about a certain situation. So reframing, I guess, is probably the best way to describe it. And, and focusing on the big picture as well as the immediate. So we had to keep asking ourselves, why am I here? And there are two answers. The bigger picture of why am I here? You know, what am I contributing to work, to society, to the family, whatever it is? And then in the moment, why am I here at, at this point, at this place, in this particular time? What is it that I am supposed to do? Very interesting and very challenging over those two days because the interactions were with strangers and we had to do things like commit to certain visions that we had that we had never verbalised before and we had to tell it to two people that we'd never met before and say it with meaning and they had to, in one case they had to look completely bored with it as though they, they just would rather be asleep than listen to what you had to say and then, the, and then you had to do the same for them. And very interesting how when you get that reaction and you've decided this is what you're going to do, how much passion you can put into those words and how much you believe it when you're saying it. And, and that is a part of neuro-linguistic programming, but if it works, why not take it on? Why struggle and, and think that there's some other answer out there somewhere? Humans generally are designed to survive, not to be successful. It's the fight or flight syndrome. So what we have to do is choose what we want to do. We have to make a choice. Do we want to be successful or do we just want to run along with the way and let, let life happen to us, I guess is the, the way we looked at it. The same can be said for workplace. We're just going to let work happen to us, work things happen around us and we'll just have a bit of input and we'll just go along and we won't rock the boat and we'll see what turns up next year and this is probably a good point of time because it's December as I record this to start thinking about what you want for next year to start looking at some visions and Fuliana would have been very impressed because I haven't talked to her a lot since this particular seminar but they didn't talk about goals, talked about visions, talked about and talked about the difference between a dream and a vision and certainly in passing acknowledged that goals are handy things to have but again wanted us to really think about having a vision, having stretching beyond the immediate, looking, thinking about a goal being something that was immediate, something that we can achieve in a certain period of time and a vision is somewhere where we want to place ourselves. So it's a bit more longer term, but it has lots of steps to get towards it. But if you keep visualising it, you get drawn towards it. You know yourself if you're out and about and you go past a, a, a traffic accident, for instance, and you'll say to yourself, don't look, don't look, don't look. And what's the first thing you do? You look. You, the thing that you focus on is what you're brain is telling you it's going to do. What we need to do is be very clear about the visions that we've got for ourselves 
write it down and then repeat it. Keep talking yourself up, keep talking yourself into that state where you know that this is going to happen, that you're going to make it happen. What sort of things did we look at when we're talking about vision? We talked about knowing the outcome. So, so the vision is, is very much outcome based, knowing the reasons why you're going, you want that outcome, you want that, that particular activity or that particular thing to happen. You have to take massive action, not just activity towards it, but, but premeditated action towards making this outcome occur. You monitor what you're doing and what you're getting as you move along the path. When you do get to that place, and certainly along the way as well, celebrate those achievements. And I guess that's, for me, that was one of the big lessons that came out of it, is that, that because I have worked on my own or with, in very small consulting groups for a long, long period of time, I don't take the opportunity to celebrate my successes or to tell myself that I've done well in any situation. It's always, oh, I could have done better, I could have done this, I would have changed this. And I don't stop to say, that was good. That was a good outcome, that was a good result, that was a good session. These people have got skills now that they didn't have before, they're appreciative. You know, even when I was getting that acknowledgement from other people, I wasn't celebrating it myself. And so that was something that, that was a very big learning tool for me out of, out of the seminar. And then once you get that to that vision, you change your approach in, in terms of changing, going to the next vision, and you do it all again. So I had a particular uh, a vision and a reason for that that I used while I was at that seminar and I wrote it down and I it, it's something that I particularly wanted to do in the next six months or so and I certainly had committed myself to, to doing that particular thing. I had I've made all sorts of plans around making it happen but I hadn't really recognised that I almost didn't believe that it could happen, that I almost didn't think that it was the right thing for me to be doing, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't ready to do it, all, all those sorts of qualifications about my skills, my abilities. So in doing this exercise, I had to commit to paper what it was, why I wanted to do it, so know the outcome, was very clear for me the reasons why I wanted to do it and why I wanted that outcome then I had to start taking some massive action and that was probably the area where I really struggled because I thought oh six months away uh, I don't really have to do a whole lot beforehand there, there are some things that I need to be doing beforehand but not a whole lot not things that I would consider massive action but I, in this sense the massive action was about my thinking it was that the massive action I had to take was to start thinking about this vision and this outcome as something that I was absolutely committed to. So the massive change for me was the thinking, not so much the activity because, but what happened then is as I started repeating it more and more and as I started to visualize it more and more, I started to realize and have actually put into place some of the things that, little things that I can do every day that, that give me a bit more skill that give me a feeling that I am going to be good enough to do this particular thing in the middle of next year. 
which no doubt you'll hear about at some later point in these podcasts, but we'll leave it as a mystery for the time being. And that's probably not the right thing. I probably should be recommitting to it in front of all of you people, but we'll, we'll take one step at a time. One of the things that we talked about at length was this idea of luck, that we look at people in the corporate sector or in our other activities, our even neighbours, and we say, oh, they're so lucky. Oh, that was a bit of luck that that happened for us. Even, even if we're driving somewhere and we get all the green lights in a road. I know in Sydney, if I go down Pennant Hills Road, for example, I know that, that from one point to another where I travel, there's 73 sets of lights. And I feel like I am lucky if I get through five without having to stop. So we, we talked about what is luck in the context of your vision. So, and luck is a funny word because it, everyone has a, a different view of what it really means. Uh, but what we were exploring was what does it mean in the context of what you're doing. So if you are, for example, looking at a career change and it's a completely different career that you're going into or a different different industry that you're going into, luck in that instance might be that you know someone in that industry or that you see a documentary and so you learn a little bit more about that that industry and you feel you're a little bit more prepared to talk about that industry or to move into the role that you've thought about. Luck is not something that's magical and that's external in this context. This is the way we talked about it, that luck is where certain activities or opportunities come together to provide you with a little boost towards your vision. So that's what we talked about as luck in context of the vision. And I know that Fuliana will probably have a little bit to say on luck because she will. She just likes to talk about all sorts of things. We know that, don't we? We talked about knowing what you want mixed with emotion and mixed with belief will cause things to move towards you. So this is, again, that idea of being committed to a goal, knowing what it is, making sure that the vision of that goal is clear and identified and it has all sorts of little goals along the way to it. I think I slipped and said goal instead of vision then, but I'm sure that people will catch me out on that. It's about making sure that you know what you want, that you can think about it with emotion, with passion, with drive, because we all know that when we come across those sorts of individuals who are passionate about what they do, who enjoy what they do, that we are drawn towards them as well. We want a piece of it. We want to feel like that. We want to work like that. We want to be like that. So if you know what you want and you mix it with emotion, and mix it with belief, it will cause things to move towards you. So because the, the goal will be drawn towards you because you're, you've just got so much momentum happening to get towards it yourself. I said that goal word again, ah oh, well, I must really need to be talking about goals instead of visions. I'm just having a look at my notes here as I go along. I think that I have probably 
talked about many of these things that I've got notes down for. One of the things that we also explored was the voices that we hear, those voices that tell us we're not good enough, we're not ready, someone else is better, uh, why are you doing it this way, you could have done it better. And instead of listening to the voice, because there's always a voice there that says you can do this, you can do it. It's not the loudest voice, but what we need to do is get in touch with that voice. The, one, the voice that wants to make a difference and listen to that one and not some of these other voices that tell us all these other things that pull us back down into the bucket full of the crabs. I'm sure you all know that analogy about the crab trying to get free and make a better life for himself and all of the crabs in the bucket pulling back down. Last thing that I want to cover in talking about this particular couple of weeks is that they did actually talk for some considerable time about the differences between managing, training, mentoring and coaching and I found that quite a fascinating discussion because there was such a broad range of people, ages, um, industries, backgrounds, professions in the room that it was quite a lively discussion about the differences of those things and I guess the, the ones that I've written down are the ones that they that seem to be the most common. I don't necessarily agree with them, but I guess it's also an opportunity for Fuliana to give us her views on these things as well. We talked about managing is making sure people do what they are told. Training is teaching people to do what they don't know how to do. Coaching is about becoming skilled and getting results. Mentoring is showing people what they don't know that you might have some input in. So just a little bit of a different way of looking at it than, than Fuliana and I talk about. And certainly you've heard a lot of our guests along the way talk about their views on mentoring and coaching. But I've not actually had it in that same context as talking about managing and training as well. I'll probably leave it at that and we'll hear from Fuliana and we'll hear her views on life and managing yourself and personal development and then I'll be back to wrap up after she's finished talking. Thank you very much, Kim, for sharing with us your personal experience in relation to your recent personal development. I can tell from the way that you talked about it and you shared it with us that it was very enriching. There's certainly a lot of things for us to consider in that regard. I believe, yes, we have been focusing in the podcast on more career things at work and, and um, career development. And I think it is right that we should look at personal development as distinct from career development. There is no denying, however, that personal development positively affects our career development. It goes without saying, because we, we'd be better off people, we'd be happier in so many ways, we'd be more content, more feeling a self of achievement, and therefore that's going to affect all aspects of our lives, including our careers. I think for that reason, it is right that all of us try and devote time. It's our responsibility to look after ourselves. And I know it's easier said, and I know we don't always do it because of whatever reason. But I think this should be used as a prompt to look at what is self-development for me and how do I go about it. I'm just going to follow some of the headings that Kim covered. I start off with the framing idea. 
framing or changing the way we look at things, I think that's really important. I think it's important not just as a remedial tool is trying to get rid of locked-in habits, uh, whether they're good or bad, but also to get us to think differently and think about things like other people do. Again, not good, not bad, not necessarily saying I'm going to follow that up, I'm going to be like that going forward. It's more the awareness aspect of it. It's more that saying, okay, I've always, you know, been a happy-go-lucky person, so everything is bright and sunshine, but really, have I really missed things because I've always, even though it's positive and I want to stay positive, have I missed other things? You know, have I went behind that positiveness and looked at other values as well? So framing to me is a way of thinking, is challenging myself and it's looking, yes, at how I've been behaving and that and see if I want to stay with it or when I want to stay with it and when I want to change it and when to swap around. In relation to looking at the things through the big picture first, I totally agree. Okay, so we said to ourselves, why am I looking at this? Why am I doing this? Where is it going to take me? There has to be a big picture. It has to say, where am I positioning it? But also, how am I going to get to my big picture? I'm very amused to hear Kim talking about um, goals. I think we're getting her slowly to, to to say nice things about goals and not to ban me from talking about them. <laughs> not that I ever took any notice, of course. Yes, but of course, vision first, big picture first, and the goals to me are a way of making things happen. Sharing your commitment to your goals in public is a very powerful tool because guess what? You already said it, I'm going to do this and people keep asking you, oh, that sounds exciting, so are you doing it? How are you going with it? So it keeps it alive and it keeps you committed. But there is another thing for being public with your commitment as well and that is the excitement that you get, the energy you get from other people. You also will get the negatives, people trying to belittle what you're trying to do. That's when you ignore that voice and you know that you made that decision or that vision and dream for a reason and you will follow that dream. And remember, it is your vision. It is your vision because you came up with it. You can do it because you thought about it. But you might look at things that says, well, these are the things that are preventing me from doing it. And that's fine because then you'll find solutions for that. You'll find the tools within yourself, within others, within techniques, within learnings. As far as then the vision, the dream and the goals, yes, I think I just covered the bit. And I'm I'm particularly keen on that, having other people come on the journey with you. I really do believe in lots of cases, particularly for our personal drive, it's just some things are just more enjoyable by getting other ideas and becoming excited about it. I do that with other people when they tell me about some of their vision and where they're going. I find it probably just as exciting as they are with it and love continuing to do it with them if they want me to, but I show interest and I I ask questions. So keep that vision and dream alive, get the excitement and keep the energy going. And you'll always find a way to remove the blocks if you look hard enough and you talk to enough people. Celebrating your success, of course, why wouldn't you? I mean, 
oh, you look for any reason to celebrate. But yes, sometimes we celebrate others' success and we're sort of too busy to celebrate ours. In that sense, I think it's a wake-up call for people who don't celebrate it is to say, yeah, I need to do that because that's acknowledging just as much about yourself and learning from your experience as you would from when things don't go right. If you believe you can do it and then you believe it can happen, you have to make it happen. So you came up with the idea, you believe it's doable, even though difficult, but you make it happen. So be true to yourself. Keep with it and stick with it. Now, luck. Well, yes, I have a bit to say about that. You know what? I believe in luck and I believe in good luck and in bad luck. But what I see time and time again, including myself sometimes, we walk straight past it. There's good luck coming. We see it and we just keep going. We don't stop to acknowledge it. We don't stop to do something with it. We say, oh, that was lucky. Yes, it was lucky. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to use it as an opportunity and a springboard to to take it further? Likewise, if bad luck happens to you, then, okay, that was bad luck. It wasn't anything you engineered or you deserved or anything like that or to someone else. But have a stop and, and think about why this bad luck happened. Is there any way I can prevent it in the future? And even if there wasn't, just examine my reaction to it and how can I react better next time so it doesn't annoy me or upset me in the way it did this time. And again, look for others as well. If other people say, well, I've been unlucky, help them through it. Help them think that way. See it, see the the unlucky bit as a call for action. A call for action to yourself to do something about it. And you want to do it and then so that you know that Okay, I couldn't prevent it. I did everything I could. Next time I know how to react to it, even if it's as much as that. As far as the voices are concerned, yes, they come, yes, they try, and that that could be anything, and I'm not a psychologist, it could be anything to do with previous experiences or excitement or anything like that. And anyways, just face them as, is this part of my vision? Is this part of the way I want to go? And go again, trust yourself and figure out a way with help. And most of the time, we all need help. Now, managing, training, coaching and mentoring. Well, you know, the the way Kim, you said about you managing, making things happen. There's very, very little opportunity these days for people to say in in a command and control type of management. I get this done and it gets done. So if you're a manager and you actually got to make things happen, you've got to train people, you've got to coach them, and you've got to mentor them. If you are a team member, you're also responsible for all those things. From your angle, you need to be able to get the outcome, get things done. You might be in a position to either formally or informally be kind enough to train someone else and coaching. Coaching, see, and training, I hear how you described it, and I agree, but I also think that with coaching someone, you're showing them how to do it, but not necessarily your way. You're showing them, you're sharing that experience, and they choose their own way of doing it. With mentoring, 
With mentoring, it's more about somebody to think aloud with and to devote the time to yourself for thinking. Again, I see that as a self-development tool. And for the mentor, yes, absolutely share their experience, but at the same time, allow the person to come to their results and decisions and solutions themselves. And this way, you're completing it. I'm going to add one more, and I think, Kim, you must have known I'm going to do that. (laughs) Accountability partners. Again, it's sharing. If someone is good enough to invite you to be their accountability partner, that means is they want you to be that person to help them. They made the decision, they made the commitment, and they want to meet that commitment. And they want you to help keep them on track to meet that commitment, not allow them to do self-doubt, self-talk, or excuses for not meeting it. And that would be another category I'd put on. Now, to wrap up my bit anyway, I thought the, the essence of this is personal development is extremely important. We owe it to ourselves to do it, one. Two, we're all completely different. So what we need to do is find one tool or more to help us or different tools for different things to how are we going to manage ourselves and improve ourselves. There was an article, for example, and it was actually a research done by the um, the, um, Harvard University, and it talked about meditation and mindfulness. Now, I know they're very popular at the moment and everybody's hearing lots about them. But there was one time where we thought meditation was really more spiritual and, you know, wasn't a normal practice. For those who are normally sceptical about those things, what this research says, there's been scientific evidence that they do work. Meditation and and mindfulness do work. They keep our minds healthy. They improve our capability to self-regulate and learn from past experience, they build our resistance to stress. So much so that I think a lot of organizations are going beyond providing healthy snacks at work to health at work and and things like gym, etc., etc. Because of the stress associated in a work environment, what they're doing is allowing people to participate in things like meditation and mindfulness and to choose things that work for them. We'll hear a lot more about that topic, probably with another guest, somebody much more qualified to speak about it than me. However, for now, I think self-development is important. There's plenty of opportunities out there, plenty of tools, me included. We have to think about it and make it happen for ourselves. Thank you. Over to you, Kim. Well, there you have Fuliana's thoughts on personal development. I hope that between the two of us we've given you some food for thought and that you look to pursue the opportunities that are presented to do some personal development and then use those skills that you develop that way to bring into your workplace. No doubt I'll be able to update you as the year progresses towards the vision that I had But for now, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.